Hi, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. There are certain tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You will not regret it. This podcast has been sponsored by the Herbalife Nutrition Club of Wilson, located at 511 Herring Avenue, Wilson, North Carolina. For more information, call Daniel Rios at 919-710-1356. Our mission is your nutrition, Herbalife Distributor Inc. Let them know Ashley Lamont sent you. Mental health and the stigma surrounding it. Mental illnesses are medical conditions that disrupt a person's thinking, feeling, mood, ability to relate to others, and daily functioning. Here are some serious mental illnesses. Major depression, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, also known as OCD, panic disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, or also known as PTSD, and borderline personality disorder. The good news is that mental illness recovery is possible. Mental health issues can affect a person of any age, race, or religion. And they are not the result of personal weaknesses, lack of character, or poor upbringing. Most people diagnosed with serious mental illness can experience relief from their symptoms by actively participating in individual treatment plans. Now, in a treatment plan, there may be medical treatment, psychosocial treatment, such as cognitive behavioral therapy, interpersonal therapy, peer support groups, and other community services can also be components. The availability of transportation, diet, exercise, sleep, friends, and meaningful paid or volunteer activities contribute to overall health and wellness, including mental illness recovery. Important facts about illness, mental illness and recovery. Mental illnesses are biologically based brain disorders. They cannot be overcome through willpower and are not related to a person's character or intelligence. Mental disorders fall along a continuum of severity. It is estimated that mental illness affects one in five families in America. The World Health Organization has reported that four of the ten leading causes of disability in the U.S. and other developed countries are mental disorders. By 2020, major depressive illnesses will be the leading cause of disability in the world for women and children. Mental illnesses usually strike individuals in the prime of their lives, often during adolescence and young childhood. All ages are susceptible, but the young and the old are especially vulnerable. Without treatment, the consequences of mental 
illness for the individual and society are staggering. Unnecessary disability, unemployment, substance abuse, homelessness, inappropriate incarceration, suicide, and wasted lives. The economic cost of untreated mental illnesses is more than $100 billion each year in the U.S. The best treatments for serious mental illnesses today are highly effective. Between 70 and 90% of individuals have significant reduction of symptoms and improved quality of life with a combination of pharmacological and psychosocial treatments and support. With appropriate effective medication and a wide range of services tailored to their needs, most people who live with serious mental illnesses can significantly reduce the impact of their illness and find a satisfying measure of achievement and independence. A key concept is to develop expertise in developing strategies to manage the illness process. Early identification and treatment is of vital importance. By ensuring access, access to the treatment and recovery supports that are proven effective, recovery is accelerated and the further harm related to the course of illness is minimized. Stigma erodes confidence that mental disorders are real, treatable health conditions. We have allowed stigma and now an unwarranted sense of hopelessness to erect attitudinal structural and financial barriers to effective treatment and recovery. It's time to take these barriers down. PTSD is caused by experiencing extreme traumatic incidents such as mugging, accidents, uh, survivors of accidents, war, natural disasters, victims of rape, domestic abuse, childhood sexual or physical abuse. Some of the symptoms include Persistent anxiety, rage, excessive aggression, depression, emotional numbing, risky behavior, hypervigilance, self-mutilation, short-term or long-term memory loss, panic attacks, flashbacks, problems sleeping or staying asleep, eating or elimination disorders, and PTSD may co-occur with substance abuse, anxiety disorders, depression. PTSD may be mistaken for other disorders such as panic attacks, schizophrenia, compulsive behaviors, dissociative identity disorder, ADD, or sexualized or suicidal behaviors, borderline personality disorder. 7.7 million adults have PTSD. Children who experience traumatic events can also suffer from PTSD. It is estimated that 1 in 8 children suffer from PTSD. Untreated childhood PTSD puts children at risk of developing substance abuse problem and poor academic performance. Acute PTSD, when the duration of symptoms is less than three months. Chronic PTSD, when the symptoms last three months or longer and with delayed onset. Uh, onset PTSD is six months have passed between the traumatic event and the onset of symptoms. Some people insist stigma around mental health is no longer an issue in our society and mental illness is no longer a taboo topic. Well, 
Those having a mind, this mindset probably don't live in a community where asking for help means potential ostracization or come from a cultural background in which seeking psychological help is deemed as weakness or have not had the unfortunate experience of being denied access to care due to subpar mental health benefits. In simple terms, to be of this mindset is to be privileged. According to Mental Health America, 43.7 million Americans struggle with a mental health condition annually. One out of five of these individuals will not receive the treatment they need. There are many reasons for the gap in care, but stigma and discrimination fall high on that list. Many people feel shame about seeking help, says psychology professor Bethany Teachum, Teachman. <clears throat> the impact of stigma is tragic because mental health challenges are actually very common, and we have good treatments. According to Teachman, Stigma leads to discrimination in housing, employment, and education. Stigma against persons with mental illness remains so insidious that the National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine put out a report this year calling for a national evidence-based strategy to counter stigma. But how did we get here? Well, society has always viewed mental illness as a sign of weakness. Which, I pre- which was previously stated that it's not. Despite how much we had discovered about how the brain works in the last 50 years, stigma still persists, says Marina Olson, who works with MakeItOK.org, an initiative to combat stigma by educating the public about mental health and encouraging people to talk about it. In many pockets of America, mental health is a cultural taboo, says psychologist and Angela Maya Singbas. Asian Americans in particular find a lot of shame and equate mental issues with failure. The same holds true among many other cultures. According to Quentin Benny, author of Strong in the, Bro- Strong in the Broken Places, a memoir of addiction and redemption through wellness, one of the greatest stigmas affecting the black community is the belief that having a mental health disorder constitutes weakness. His hope is to break barriers and end the stigma behind seeking help. You probably know someone with a mental health problem and don't even realize it, says Sylvia Dutchevici, president and founder of the Critical Therapy Center. Because many people with mental health problems are highly active and productive members of our communities. Despite the myth that people with mental illness are more likely to be violent, Research shows this is not the case. In fact, according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services website, those with severe mental illnesses are over 10 times more likely to be victims of violence than the general population. But sadly, the media and politicians are not helping in eliminating the stigma around mental health. As language shapes our understanding of reality, when we hear media and politicians using terms associated with mental illnesses when a tragedy happens, it is no wonder we still fear mental illness. Since we are a society so attached to the media, why not take the advantage of the opportunity to educate the people and challenge false messages rather than perpetuate them? Instead of portraying those with mental illnesses as dangerous, perhaps portray them like you or me. 
as no one is immune to mental illness. People suffering from serious mental illnesses are at 10 times higher risk of being incarcerated versus being committed to a psychiatric hospital, says Francis Greenberger, founder of the Greenberger Center for Social and Criminal Justice. According to Greenberger, there has been a neglect or unwillingness of the political system to acknowledge or legitimize mental illnesses and to create appropriate conditions for its treatment. Stigma not only denies the individual the ability to gain support and sympathy from others in the same way physical illness does, but permits government to turn its back on mental illness and determine that it's not a serious problem that affects people's behavior. Instead of treating people who act out as a result of their disease, they incarcerate them and throw away the key. The aim is to provide treatment, not punishment, save lives in the taxpayer fund, and make communities safer. Sadly, affordable and quality treatment for mental health in the U.S. continues to remain under par. If we talk about mental health, we also have to analyze the way insurance companies, the gatekeepers, discriminate against services. Insurance companies are often more eager to cover medication than talk therapy. But we know that medication alone does not work in most cases. Worse, in some cases, insurance companies decide to terminate payment for treatment based on the amount of session or time rather than the patient's well-being. The 2008 Mental Health Parity and Addiction Equity Equity Act, or MHPAEA, is a federal law that prevents group health plans and health insurers from imposing less federal benefit limitations on mental health and substance abuse disorder benefits than on medical surgical benefits. This was amended in 2010 by the Affordable Care Act to also include individual health plans. Both were significant steps towards dismantling the historical treatment of mental health as inferior, but are now at risk of being eliminated in the repeal and replacement of the ACA. What meshes with that sin? We are really worried about its implications for the people living with mental illness and addiction issues, said Chuck Ngoglia, Senior Vice President of the Public Policy at the National Council for Behavioral Health. The Treatment Advocacy Center is encouraging policymakers to recognize that all decisions about health reform must consider and provide for the needs of the most severely mentally ill. According to the center, failure to do so will forfeit the momentum towards reforming our broken mental health systems at tremendous human and financial cost. The federal enforcement of mental health parity to the full extent of the law across health plans should be the next step. If mental health providers were reimbursed on an equitable scale, perhaps plans would maintain good providers and those seeking help would have access to affordable and effective treatment. Dr. Rick Donlan is co-founder of Resurrection Health, a family of clinics 
integrating behavioral and primary health care under the same roof. In this model, a patient's primary care doctor and psychologist share information and make joint treatment decisions. Since integrated care is under one roof, no one is in the waiting room no one in the waiting room knows whether a patient is getting a flu shot or being evaluated for bipolar disorder, removing the stigma of being treated for mental health, says Donlin. Consider how widely available integrated primary care and behavioral health service might reduce homelessness, crime, and the cost of imprisoning someone who just needed pro- proper care. Hi, this is Ashley Lamont. This will be my testimony about... Um, my mental health issues and how I have to deal with stigma. Um, I was diagnosed with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and depression um, a few years ago. And a few things I have had to deal with is the fact that I have told a few people and... um, they think that people with mental health issues are violent, which is completely crap. Excuse my language. Um, just because someone has a mental illness does not mean that they're violent. Um, you know, people want to use m- m- words that are related to mental health to describe a person who um, did something horrible. And I've seen it a lot in... A lot of people who aren't really mentally ill use that as an excuse to um, basically save themselves at the trial. They kind of make themselves, they fake it. A lot of times they're faking it. Um, But here are a few things that I personally have had to deal with. Um, I don't know how to say this. Well, I've had it where I've heard people say the word crazy in reference to someone with mental health which is a horrible horrible thing to say because anybody who's going through mental health issues none of us ask to have mental health issues you know kids that have adhd or autism they don't choose to have those issues nobody chooses um to have depression uh, it's just because we have depression doesn't mean we're not weak. We're not, we don't, we don't have, we're not lacking character. You know, things happen. Things can happen to anybody that can cause you to suffer from depression or PTSD. I'm not going to go into what happened to me yet. I'm not, maybe in a future podcast, but I was a victim of horrible, horrible things happened to me. And I have been traumatized. And I've had trouble dealing with it. I'm still, to this day, things that happened years and years and years ago, I'm still having trouble dealing with it. Because it's like, emotionally and mentally, I don't know how to deal with it. I I never learned how. It's like, my my brain is repeating it's basically with ptsd personally this is how i look at it it's like you repeat the event in your head you can't escape it it's not like everyone else can can just be like oh you know forget it and they can forget it or whatever i can't i can't it's not that i don't want to of course i would not want to have 
um, nightmares about things that happened to me or remember or go out and see a person that hurt me really badly and be afraid of them. Of course, of course, I would like to forget all that. But it's not that easy. And one mistake that a lot of people do, a lot of people in my life have done it, is be like, oh, get over it. I could save you a lot of money on therapy and medication. Just get over it. Forget it. It's in the past. That's not how it works. When you are when you suffer from a mental illness, it's in it's in your brain all the time. No matter how hard you try to forget it, no matter how hard you want to forget it, it's still there. <coughs> Excuse me. It's like a broken record. And it it's not that we want it's not that we want to remember these things. We can't help it. It's horrible. We're like we're, we our own brain becomes our our worst enemy. And you know, we'll have moments where we'll be completely fine and then one day you might see us see me crying. It's because I may get depressed out of nowhere, you know. It's it's not that I want to feel that way. It's not that and another thing, um, I have social anxiety. A lot of people ask me, like, why? And one time, someone asked me, why don't you hang out with people? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And I told this lady, I was like, look, I have social anxiety. Um, I feel very uncomfortable. In social and she repeated what I said. She said, social anxiety? And she started laughing. It's like she was making fun of me. And I'm sitting there like, how can you make fun of Something that's real. I feel uncomfortable in certain social, you know, get together sometimes. I just don't feel comfortable. And it's not that I want to feel that way. It's just I do. I mean, it's like I can't control how I feel. But anyway, um, the reason why I made this podcast is because I know there's a lot of people out there. And hopefully if anybody who's going through a mental illness... If you're listening to this, you're not alone. I know, I may not know what you're going through, but I know what it feels like to have people tell you to get over it. Oh, you're crazy. Oh, you're just imagining. Oh, whatever. Just play off how you feel. And it's like, really? If you were to walk up to me and tell me something's going on in your life and you'd be upset and crying to me, I'm supposed to be like, oh, poor thing. But I'm standing here with a mental illness and I can't help but feel the way I feel. And you're going to tell me, oh, it's basically act like it's nothing. But anyway, you know, it's stigma is the worst is the worst. It's the complete worst. People assume things just because you say, oh, I have a mental illness. People automatically assume, oh, 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 you're not going to hurt me, are you? I've even had one person tell me that we that all people with mental illness should be locked up somewhere. Uh, hello? There are mental illnesses that you don't really realize are mental illnesses. It might not be as bad. I mean, you know, people who are, who really truly need help. I, 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 anybody who's going through any mental health issues, I feel you. Because I, 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 you know, me with my PTSD and friends up here. Um, I personally know someone who's going through a lot with, you know, mental health issues. But all I have to say is just 
keep on going. One day, maybe one day the signal will end. But don't allow don't allow what people say related to your mental health to bring you down. Don't let it bring you down even more than you already feel. Um I really hope that this podcast can help someone out there. Um well, this was my mini testimonial. Um also, um if any of you if you if if you know someone, if you or anybody you know has is think has ever thought about suicide or is going through something that you're you know, if you're thinking about doing something, please don't. I ask you to call the suicide prevention hotline. The number is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Talk to them before just have the per- just talk to them because I know there's a lot of kids lately who are a lot of people who are being bullied, especially kids, young kids, and they're taking their lives because of it. And please get some help. Don't be afraid. Please don't be afraid. Ask ask for help. There's someone someone there are people out there who care and who can help you. And also, you can also go online, suicidepreventionlifeline.org slash chat. Please, if you know someone who's going through mental health issues or has even talked about killing the, or hurting themselves, get them help. Um, this is my testimony and I hope it helps you. Um, in the next part, I will talk about how to help yourself. I will give you, um, some information. Thank you for listening to me. Here are some self-help techniques and general lifestyle changes that can help you. Try peer support. Find people who will, you know, find people who've had similar experience and can understand you. Uh, You can try support groups at your local mental health clinic. Relaxation. You know, take a nice warm bath. Listen to music. If you have a dog or cat playing with your pets. Mindfulness. Practicing mindfulness can help you become more aware of your own moods and reactions. Ecotherapy. Walk outside. Go to the park. If you have a garden, you know, spend spend some time gardening. Um, also, look, look after your physical health. Get enough sleep. Eat healthy. Keep physically active. Look after yourself, you know. Avoid drinking alcohol. Um, or you can contact a specialist organizations. Here are some specialist organizations that you can try out. Depression Alliance. Hearing Voices Network. Mind Out. 
No panic. Young minds. Okay, Depression Alliance supports people living with depression and runs a range of support groups. Hearing Voices Network runs an online forum in local groups across the country. Mind Out offers mental health advice and support for anyone who identifies as LGBTQ+. No Panic offers help and advice about anxiety disorders, including a helpline and recovery groups. And Young Minds supports children and young people with their mental health. Like I said, uh, don't be afraid to to seek help. I really hope this podcast can help you or someone you love, someone you know, um, who suffers from a mental illness, to understand that they're not alone and there are people out there who do care. Um, I hope you guys will listen into the next podcast I make and. I hope everything goes well for everyone who listens. And may all of you be blessed. And I'll talk to you guys in the next podcast.